Hey everybody, welcome back to Paperback Reader. It's me, Joe, your book buddy. So, today I'm going to be talking about King Rat by James Clavel. I was actually, uh, I was, I was, it beat my expectations. It, uh, it, it, uh, he's a master storyteller. But what's interesting is it's, in a way, anachronistic. Um, the, the style, the language, uh, the times are all of, uh, World War Two. Um, so if you ever read James Michener or James Jones, From Here to Eternity, um, or Tales from the South Pacific, uh, or The Bridges of Tokori, or Herman Wolk's, uh, The Mutiny on the Cane, you, you'll, you would under, you'll get, you'll get immediately what I'm talking about, um, this is a generation that, uh, fought in World War Two, and so that left its indefinite mark on a, the language, the world outlook, and, uh, and, and so, you, I, I don't want to lump all of those writers together. I would include Norman Mailer, The Naked and the Dead. Um, but you can definitely tell they are of a generation. Um, so the book is uh, set in a prison in Singapore. And uh, the story ostensibly revolves around how to survive in a, you know, in a prison conditions, you know, uh, using everything you have, which isn't much. It, it, it goes along with that Odyssean, uh, archetypal narrative of of, uh, the, the clever one survives, not necessarily the one who has the, the, uh, seeming advantage, but the one who, who can think quickly, and, uh, so, and in this, there's a, there's a couple characters that really stood out to me. Um, one of them is, is, uh, an antagonist. His name is, uh, Robin Gray, and he, uh, is the quintessential kiss-up, kick-down, uh, brown-noser. If you ever read, uh, David Copperfield, you, and you can remember the character Uriah Heep, he is the, a, a, quintessential Uriah Heep, which makes it, uh, really just that much more immersive, because he's so well rendered and so hateable that, uh, you know, it's interesting, the, those two extremes that, of, 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 uh, emotions, hate and love, if a writer can get you to hate a character or love a character, it just adds to the immersion of the experience, 
So that was the first character that stood out to me that was well rendered. And the other one, what who I found fascinating is amongst the subplots is uh, a transgender character. Now, uh, this book was written, it was published in 1962. It was set in 1944. And the fact that there would be uh, a sustained plot line involving a transgender character who wasn't uh, treated uh, as... uh, as a freak so much. I mean, I I would say that given the times and uh, given the culture, I I was impressed with how uh, compassionately rendered this character was by James Clavel. Um... I, that that was the other thing that really stood out to me was the the compassionate rendering of of a uh, of a transgender individual because even today, sixty years later, it's such a hot button issue and one that people go at from all different angles. Uh, that, uh, you know, it's, it's really just, uh, one of those, um, issues that, that, uh, you know, it, for me, I, I have no problems with, with, with the, uh, transgender, uh, but I, I know that, uh, in other parts of the country, uh, people get really hot and bothered about the fact that somebody's born one way and that's the way they should be. I'm sure you've seen the same headlines I have on the interwebs, you know. Um, so the the fact that Clavel did that 60 years ago, I was impressed. Uh, and also, it's a suspense. It's very suspenseful. I was impressed with a a good old-fashioned, uh, Maltese Falcon-like heist in the camp. Um, You know, there's no honor amongst thieves. And, uh, you know, that, that ostensibly move the story along and through these characters' lives. So I I would definitely say uh you know give it a read if if you know if if it pops up somewhere. Um you know, I don't know how you do your book shopping, but this is how I, I approach it. You know, and pre pre-quarantine um, generally, I'll, I'll hear a word of mouth, and I'll keep that in mind, and uh, I have a long mental running list of books that uh, ha- have uh, made uh, some sort of uh, impression in the culture, and uh, I'll visit Goodwill stores, secondhand reuse stores, 
And fortunately, I don't live too far from a major college town. So there's always really great books for like 50 cents. It's ridiculous. But uh, ever since the uh, quarantine, I've been using uh, eBay. I I go on eBay and, uh, you know, usually Better World Books or Thrift.com. Those are the eBay sellers I prefer to use. Uh, But hopefully, uh, you know, when things get back to somewhat open and they reopen those places of business that that's where i buy a, a, a majority of my books for years it's ridiculous you see the list price for 27 dollars and you get it for 50 cents that's on hardbacks but you know i've i for years i've just really been been fortunate that that's been a local resource and also i bet your local libraries sell books i buy books from the local library that's also a great place um but i wouldn't discourage anyone from any as as long as a book winds up in your hands it's all good so that leaves me with what I'm all still working my way through, which is uh, War and Peace. Getting getting ready for the Battle of Borodino. No spoilers, trust me. But uh, but 400 pages to go. The eve of the Battle of Borodino. It's uh, it's uh, I I uh, I enjoy fact that Tolstoy keeps reiterating throughout the story that uh, in great events great events are uh, something of like uh, the butterfly effect um, Here, here's a non-spoiler for you so Battle of Bordino the French defeat the Russians but what Napoleon fails to do is he fails to chase and rout the Russians. This was a famous mistake. Uh, historians say, you know, if he would have routed them in in pursuit, he would have. Uh, it would have been a complete victory, and uh, it was also uncharacteristic. He was a, a pioneer of. Uh, pursuing a, a, an enemy and to completely rout them. And there's speculation that, you know, uh, that, you know, Napoleon wasn't up to snuff that day because he uh, caught a cold. And so Tolstoy speculates at this, you know, the fact that, you know, a head cold changed the course of history. And so you could even go even farther, he says, and say, look at... You know, his valet, who didn't heat the water bottles to keep him warm, uh, you know, that gave him the cold. So, you know, that's the type of uh, detail that, you know, lovers of Tolstoy love. I I can see why. And I am also working my way through the Hells Angels and the emperor of maladies and suetonius 12 caesars 
As soon as I finish another title, I'll have another episode out for you. I love recording these, uh, and but I don't feel I should record them until I freshly finish something. Um, and I appreciate your patience with listening to this lo-fi podcast. I know it's not... Uh, polished. I, I can't stand listening to my own voice, and I don't have the money for a microphone yet, but one day things will get better. So, to all of you out there in the literary world, anonymously reading because no one can see your face because it's behind the book, keep your head in the clouds. Your nose in the book and your feet out of the gutter. Till next time, my friends. It's your book buddy, Joe.